Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we do talk about authentic living on this show, and so we're going to talk today about how to move into more authentic living as a collective and as individuals within this dark night of the soul that we're experiencing right now. So the collective that is the United States of America is currently experiencing a dark night of the soul, a night so dark that we feel we will never awaken from this nightmare. But like every dark night of the soul, this one has an end, which is a beginning a beginning of a whole new version of that same collective. The dark night of the soul is meant to root out shadow material, expose it, and deal with it appropriately so that we can awaken to a new reality. But we are just now in the darkest part of that dark night where we can see with our own eyes the deepest, most vile aspects of the collective we have previously believed to be functioning well. Before this dark night, we thought we lived in the light, but all the while the shadow was corrupt at its base. But exposing that shadow will bring us to the solid object that is blocking the light. Today, we will peer into the darkness to find that block and the light that is within us. Stay here for this whole show today. You don't want to miss any of this. So, let's talk about this whole dark night of the soul. So, what is a dark night of the soul? A dark night of the soul comes upon a person or a collective at a point in time when that soul is ready to uh, uh, begin a new life. And uh, we may have been, as individuals, we may have been very spiritual, we may have been in leadership positions, we may have uh, uh, taken on um, uh, uh, the power of a collective in terms of being a teacher or a leader of some sort, we may have uh, developed very deep and personal spiritual practices that are very meaningful to us, then all of a sudden the light goes out and none of that seems to be working anymore. And that's exactly how it is here in the United States. Now, I want to first say we're in a global crisis, two global crises at once. One is the climate crisis that is uh, not just impending but upon us already. And the other is the uh, COVID-19 crisis, the pandemic. And so that's all over the world. That's not just in the United States. But it is in the United States. And in the United States, we are experiencing more deaths and more illness from COVID-19 than any other nation in the world. And that is directly a result of poor leadership. And and it can be traced exactly to poor leadership when people look back at how how this came to be what it is. We still have a lot of wishy-washiness about what should happen, what what should the people do. Should they wear masks or should they not? Should we have a national directive about wearing masks and and staying six feet apart or not? And that it's just never been resolved. And so that kind of leadership does not get us the results we want. We can look to people like Cuomo in New York who have who have has said we're, not, we're wearing masks, we're staying six feet apart, we're closing down businesses that we need to close down, we're going to really conquer this thing, and their numbers have gone way down because they've done that. We look at New Zealand, its numbers arrived several weeks ago at zero because they, they followed the directives. And yet, and the scientists are all advising Trump and his cohorts to follow these same directives and they're refusing to do it. 
In fact, the, the darkness has gotten so dark that uh, Trump has been saying to people that, uh, that if they follow, not saying these words, but in, in, indicating that if they wear a mask, they're being disloyal to him. And uh, so there's many people that are just refusing to wear a mask simply to be loyal to Trump. Um, and that, that kind of thinking is actually literally killing people. That's how dark the darkness has gotten here in America. And when, when you look at shadow material, and shadow material is whatever's in the unconscious, what you find is stuff that's always been in there. It didn't just pop up overnight. It's always been in there. We, we, we have, since the beginning, had people in our government who were corrupt. Not all the government was corrupt, but there were people in our government that were corrupt. And when there were periods of time in our government, in the history of, of our government, where there was a lot of corruption, and then times when that got eliminated, and then a lot of corruption came back. Um, during Nixon's um, uh, regime, I'll call it, uh, there was a lot of corruption there, and it came, it came out. And since that time, the Republicans have sort of regrouped and tried to find a new way to get in. And, and over time, what's happened is they've gotten in. And they, they have found a way. And what they're doing is using the wolf in sheep's clothing sort of uh, spiritual mentality to mislead people into believing that to vote for Trump is to vote for Christianity. And to not vote for Trump, Trump is to not vote for Christianity. That's darkness. That is vile darkness. That is, uh, that is uh, false prophets. And so we need to say that for what it is. We don't need to mince words. We don't need to pretend it's not happening. We need to say that for what it is. And so today I'm saying it for what it is. Um, so what we see here is that this shadow material has always been there. We've always had that. There's some elements of corruption in our government. We've always had elements of corruption in our nation. We've always had racism. Uh, not everyone is a racist, but certainly there has been racism throughout our country. And it's been in the dark it's been in the shadow we did we haven't seen it out in the public eye so much um when now we're seeing it on the news that a cop can put a his knee on a on a a black man's neck and keep it there until the man dies um we're seeing uh gunshots be fired seven times into the back of a black man uh and by a uh, a police officer these are incidents where we're seeing it right in, in front of our face, and we can't miss it. Previously, all the hangings and all the, all the um, whippings and all the abuse of black people has been done in private. It's been done without anyone knowing what was going on. We might have known, kind of known, but we didn't really know, right? And so everybody pretended it didn't really exist, and we pretended that things were getting a whole lot better uh, for black people, and then there have been some improvements since the uh, civil rights movement. There have been some improvements. So I don't want to deny those improvements. But racism is still a corrupt and, and, and dark um, element of our social world. And um, it exists in housing. It exists in economics. It exists in jobs. It exists um, in human relations. It, it is better. It's a lot better than it used to be. But it's not enough. And the black people have been waiting, and I, I will say, I want to clarify, I don't use the term African-American because not every black person who's in America is from Africa. Uh, some of them hail from other places, and their, their ancestry hails from other places. So uh, uh, 
I respect them enough to call them a race of black people, and that's why I use that term. So black people have been uh, advancing and in some degree uh, over the past 40 to 50 years since the civil rights movement, and, and certainly there are more interracial marriages there are more, uh, there, uh, obviously we had a black president uh, 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 back in 2008, 2012. We had a black president that was a very successful president for eight years and had not a single scandal against him uh, during the entire time he was president, uh, which is unusual in our country. Of the last 30 years, there's been scandals for several presidents. Uh, but... Uh, that's been not been enough. What we see is there's still problems. And where we see it right now, in, in mo- is most evident right now, is in our justice system. Uh, we see that there are more black people in jails than anywhere else. We see that there are more black people being arrested than white people. We see that there are um, more black people and brown people uh, incarcerated throughout the system. And we we see that police are more brutal to black people than they are to white people. That's a problem with our justice system. We can't call it justice if it's not justice for all. And it's not yet justice for all. So that's, that's, uh, that's our shadow that's come out into the public now. Now it, it's, it's in the light. We can see it. And that's what's good about this whole thing is that we're, we're uh, allowing ourselves for the first time in the history of America to see our own shadow. We say, we mouth the words that this is a country where everyone has equal rights, and they don't. We say that this is a country where, where all people have the right to pursue uh, the pursuit of happiness, but they don't. And that's always been true for black people, for gay people, for transgender people, uh, for brown people, for uh, Asian people. It's always been true that these people suffer to a greater degree than the majority population, which is white. And uh, we're beginning to understand what's called white privilege for the first time in the history of America. We're beginning to understand that that white privilege is something we just take for granted. We just assume that we'll have these things because we have always had them and and we never even think that we won't have them. Where black people and brown people and Asian people have to consider, maybe I won't get it because I'm Asian or I'm black or I'm brown. So those are considerations that, that are up in front of us now. Books are being written. People are talking about it on TV. People are being interviewed on various interview uh, talk shows. And they're coming out of the closet and saying the truth about what's going on. And so we see a world that looks very bleak, very corrupt. We see our, our, uh, a whole convention made up of people who are telling lies, blatant lies that can be fact-checked and proven to be false. And yet they continue to do that because they know they, ha- they have a news station that will support them. So they know that their followers only listen to that news station so they can lie and get away with it. Um, and, but other news stations are reporting the facts and proving that they're lying. That's never happened in the, in the history of America where we had a, one news station reporting one set of, uh, of news 
and another, uh, other news stations reporting other sets of news. We've never had a president before who uh, calls some news stations false and uh, liars and, and, and tries to prove that they're somehow treasonous. We've never had a president do that before. We've never had a president say that when he's, if he's not elected, he won't leave the office. We've never had a president hint that he wants to be on Mount Rushmore. We've never had a president who is saying that he uh, uh, wants a third term, that he will not only win the second term, but he will, he will get a third term. We've never had a president that says, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue in New York and no one would care. We've never had that turn out to be true. And it is. And so we live in this dark time and we can't deny the darkness that's all around us. And, uh, and so we, we look into that dark time and we say, here it is. Here's the dark night of the soul. This is our opportunity to grow up, to grow into who we said we were when we formed the United States of America. We said we're a country where, where there was a uh, system of balance between the three uh, arms of the government. We said that. And right now, there's not that system of balance. We have a uh, head of the Senate who's saying that he won't even allow uh, bills to be voted on because he, he gets to decide. It's not about democracy. It's about his ego. And so... That's, that's another phase of our darkness. There's no balance between the three powers of government. We, we, we are in a, in a phase where it seems that the Democrats or the people in the House of Representatives are powerless to actually institute any form of justice. They tried to impeach and the Senate, uh, had a monkey trial and denied it and acquitted, even though it was apparent from the facts that something had gone on. We have a president who is literally trying to get the, the Russian government to help him with his election, like he did in 2002-16, which has been proven. That's never happened before. These are the facts. These are the realities we're working with right now. This is the dark night of the soul. And a lot of people are looking at that dark night of the soul and they're saying, I'm in despair. I can't move. I can't motivate myself to do anything. I'm stuck in this dark, dark place. And I can't pray. I can't uh, have a spiritual practice. I can't talk to anybody about it. I can't even get up out of the bed in the morning. There's a lot of people that are responding to this dark night of the soul in just that way. But I'm going to respond to it by telling the truth about it. Because the truth is what is the light behind the darkness. So in a few a little while, we're going to talk about what, what that solid object is that is creating the shadow. But what I want to say right now is that these, this darkness didn't come upon us over just overnight. It didn't just come upon us because Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States. It came upon us over a long period of time where people were in the background manipulating the realities of the world, attempting to have this sort of coup, this takeover so that the Republicans could win the government over based on the Tea Party, which was very active before this election, based on uh, alliances with foreign governments, 
based on all kinds of things. And I'm not talking about some kind of deep, dark conspiracy theory. I'm talking about things that are pretty much known to everybody. These are things that have just been happening over the years uh, by people who wanted to, to change things. They've wanted for years, since the beginning of Social Security, they've wanted to get rid of Social Security. Since the beginning of Medicare, they've wanted to get rid of Medicare. Um, and now people are talking about Medicare for all, and people are talking about expanding Social Security. And uh, people are even talking about uh, an economic plan where everybody gets a, 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 an allowable income per month so that nobody goes hungry. People are talking about something that I consider to be oneness. And yet, the, the opposite viewpoint is everybody's an independent person. There's this stoic, strong independence, and you either make it by pulling yourself up by the bootstraps or you just don't make it, and tough luck for you, bye-bye. And so those are the two philosophies that are arguing with each other right now. In the midst of that, we have a lot of darkness. And so we're going to talk about more about the, that darkness and what that means, what it means to have that darkness surround us. But what, we, what I want to say today is it doesn't hurt you to see the truth. The truth will set you free. It's the lies that will keep you bound. It's the denial of reality that will keep you bound. It's the, uh, the, the, the evangelicals who will say that to vote against Trump is to vote for Satan. Um, and there are people saying that. There are people saying that to have Trump as our uh, president means that we are bringing about the second coming of Christ. Because Trump will bring it about. Uh, there are people who are saying that he is our leader because God appointed him the leader and nobody should shake him from that position. There are lots of untruths going on out there to support this malignant, uh, malignant darkness that we live in. But we're going to tell the truth today. We're going to talk about what this darkness actually means from a spiritual perspective and what we can do with it to grow through it to awaken because of it, and to come out the other side as a, as a whole, in a whole new world, a whole new version of ourselves, and maybe a United States that actually is what it said it was from the beginning. So we're going to talk a lot about that as we go through this uh, uh, show today, so I don't want you to miss any part of it, because each part of it will have something to give you. So stay tuned for more right after this break. We'll be back in just a minute. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you ever feel that life is overwhelming and your thoughts are all over the place? Do you always think you need more but feel less satisfied no matter what? Are you looking for a little bit of clarity and peace and a whole lot of joy and playfulness? Join Jan Christensen and Mardix Powells as they reveal the secret of the human experience to help you find your magnificent mind. A Magnificent Mind airs Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about awakening from the darkness that is the collective darkness of the United States of America that we're currently experiencing as a dark night of the soul. And what we said previously is that there's a lot of facts that are out there that we can see, that we can now literally see the darkness that has always been there, hidden in the dark shadows that we couldn't see before. Previously, we thought that we had a government we could ignore. We thought that we had a government that it didn't matter whether or not we voted, whether or not we read the newspapers, whether or not we kept up with the news. It didn't matter because things were safe. Nobody was trying to take over our government. Nobody was trying to be king. Nobody was trying to, uh, to deny us uh, Social Security or Medicaid or Medicare. Nobody was trying to take away our health care. Nobody was doing all that. And so we felt safe. But now we don't feel safe anymore. So we're having to pay attention. And paying attention is part of our waking up process. So we're on the road to waking up. Even though it feels very dark right now, we're on the road to waking up because we're paying attention. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take really paying attention and doing our part to change things. So I hear people say, well, I'm not going to vote or I'm just going to write somebody in. I don't care. It's not, you know, I just don't like politics. I'm not going to. And what they're doing is living in denial. They're saying it doesn't really matter because it didn't used to matter, so it doesn't matter now. I don't have to think about this. And those people will get the results that they're asking for. On the other hand, there's many more people now very much involved in this idea of voting, of taking up our rights, of protesting, of speaking up. Women are speaking up. uh, Men are speaking up. Black people are speaking up. Brown people are speaking up. White people are speaking up for black people and brown people and Asian people uh, more and more. We're seeing that people are allying with people of difference and being able to say, I support you in your difference. More people are speaking up in alliances with gay people and transgendered people, gay people and bisexual people and transgendered people, um, to be able to say, we support you and we know that you have equal rights to us. Um, so... The Supreme Court just passed a ruling that said you couldn't fire a gay person just for being gay. Now, isn't that an interesting thought, that in 2020, we have to have a law that tells us you can't fire somebody for being who they are? Isn't that interesting? But that's how dark it has been. 
that people would say, or would bring it out into the light that, no, you, before I used to fire you because you were gay, and I didn't. nobody could talk about that. It was all in the darkness. It was all in the shadow. Now, I want to fire you openly because you're gay. And the Supreme Court says, nope, can't do that. Can't do it in secret. Can't do it in public. Can't do that. It's not legal. So the Supreme Court has done right in that regard. So when what we're doing slowly over time is creating laws that indicate that we should have the rights we originally said we were going to have when we created the United States. Finally, you know, 200 years late, 250 years later, 40 years later, we are finally going, oh, okay, I guess we have to do what the Constitution says. We, I guess we have to be what the Declaration of Independence declared for us. We are people with unalienable rights to the pursuit of happiness. We are that people. We all, all have equal rights. But we have to act like it. And that's what this darkness is trying to tell us to do. It's trying to tell us to act like who we said we were. In order to do that, we're going to have to look at the concept of oneness. You see, the people who are are espousing that they don't want you to have health care and they don't want you to have Medicaid and they don't want you to have Social Security uh, and they don't want to give you another uh, package to support you when you're unemployed, they don't want to do anything to support your uh, rights for health, for COVID-19. They don't want to do anything to help anybody. They don't want to help homeless people. They want to, don't want to help people that are about to be evicted from their homes. They just don't want to help anybody because they have a belief that people should get it on their own. And if they can't get it on their own, well, that's just tough luck. And that's what they've been saying about homeless people for years and years and years. Well, I'm not homeless, so, you know, they shouldn't be homeless either. If, if they're homeless, that's their own fault. They haven't done what they should have done. It's their own fault. And the truth is that a good percentage, perhaps even a majority of the people that are on the streets today are also mentally ill. And they got homeless because they couldn't function in their lives. And functionality is one of the things we assess when we're assessing someone's mental health. We assess whether or not they can function. Can they pay their bills? Can they go to work? Can they get up in the morning and get dressed and do the things required to live in this world and make it okay? Can they do those things? If they can't, they often end up on the streets. And that's why so many people are on the streets. Not because they're ne'er-do-wells who just don't care about anything and lazy people who just don't want to do right. That's what they think. They're just lazy people who don't want to do right. And all these people that are unemployed because of COVID-19, well, they're just lazy people too. They're just trying to get money from the government instead of going back to work. That assessment is one of independent, rugged independence that you're supposed to be be able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, and if you can't, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me that I don't have any empathy for you. There's only something wrong with you. So that's the difference between oneness and that rugged independence. With oneness, we all take care of each other because we are all one with each other. And that's where we're headed. That's where the world, in fact, is headed because in order to deal with the climate crisis that is a global issue, we're going to have to join forces with other countries. Trump has taken us out of those initiatives. 
but we're going to have to rejoin those initiatives in order to deal with this climate crisis. Trump and a lot of the Republicans are climate deniers. They don't believe there is a crisis. It just doesn't exist. It's not really there. Oh, this is just stupid. We, we have weather cycles. It's not, you know, there's no climate crisis, even though science tells us there is, even though there's evidence everywhere that there is, they're denying it. And so that's their philosophy. And they're hanging on to that philosophy. And I believe they're doing it because of greed, because they want to contain, keep getting money from the oil industry. They want to keep getting oil, money from the, the stocks and bonds that they have in industries that are, not, are also climate deniers. They, so there's, there's money invested behind the scenes here. And that's a part of the shadow. So what we're talking about here is that there's a movement coming in which we're going to have to operate actively pursuing the concept of oneness in order to survive here on planet Earth. We're going to have to be one with each other. And that is a spiritual awakening of phenomenal proportion. And you get to be a part of it, just like I do. So we're moving from that idea of rugged individualism to an ideal of oneness, where everybody is there for everybody else. You get health care and I get health care because we all donate to the same plan and we all support each other's health care in that way. That's oneness. Now, we talked last week and the week before about duality. Duality is a state of mind, and I call it the trance state of duality because it's a hypnotic state in which we totally believe something that's absolutely false. You know, if, if somebody put me up on a stage and pretend and hypnotized me so that I thought I was a chicken and I went around squawking like a chicken and flapping my wings like a chicken, that would be funny to the audience. But if that's really true in my mind, then that's how I'm acting. And that's what it is with duality. We act as if we are separate from each other and from the divine. We, and what's happened because of that is there's a split in our consciousness we, we have a split in our consciousness that says that over here is God. Over here are other people. Over here are things. And I'm over here. I'm on the other side. I'm split off from those things. There is no con- real connection between us. I can't feel you and you can't feel me. I can't be God and God can't be me. But that's not the truth. That split, in, that split off is keeping us unconscious of who we actually are. That split off is keeping us unconscious of who we are as brothers and sisters and oneness with each other. That split off is keeping us unconscious and it keeps the reality of us in the shadow. The reality of us is that we are one. We are one with each other. We are one with all things and we are one with the divine. There is no separation. That's the reality. And we are on the precipice of being able to begin to experience that. Europe has already gotten there before us. Several other countries have already gotten there before us. They understand that in order for us to survive, we all have to be there for each other. But in America, we're still fighting it. We're fighting it tooth and nail. And that's the big fight that is this election upcoming. Are we going to be a nation where all the people that suffer just have to suffer on their own, forget it. They're just, they're just lazy ne'er-do-wells, and that's the reason they're suffering. 
Or are we going to be a nation that says we all suffer and therefore we're all going to be there for each other? What kind of nation are we going to be? That's the question that's being asked by this election coming up. And that's why it's so important for us to actively pursue something we can do. I hear people saying, well, I just don't know what to do. I I feel helpless. I don't know what to do. I, I, I can't even get up in the morning. And my response to that is get up and get a voice. You have a voice. You have something you want to say to the world. Say it. Say it in on Facebook. Say it on Twitter. Say it. Uh, you don't have to fight with anybody. I don't encourage that. Don't fight with anybody. You're not going to convince anybody of, of your reality. If they want to have another reality, they're going to have it. And there's so many trolls online today that are out there deliberately trying to start a fight. Just like there's people going into... Uh, uh, Places where there's uh, peaceful protests and starting fights and then blaming it on the protesters. This is, uh, this is not a time for fighting. This is a time for just speaking gently your truth. So say it. Say it out there. I happen to be saying it on the radio station. I happen to be out, uh, I have that voice and I have a blog and I have other things that I use to, to give myself that voice. You have a voice too. You can write letters to the editor. You can write letters to your congressmen and your senators. You can write. You can get online and and uh, contact them through email. You can uh, call them. You can join various groups that allow you to call them with ease. They'll even text you with a telephone number, and you can pick up the phone and just push that link, and you're on the phone talking to your senator and giving them your opinion. There are things you can do to say. You are not alone, Senator. I am here, and I am real, and I have a vote. vote. And you, you are working for me. You are working for me. Because we are one. You can implement oneness. You can bring that about by functioning in your environment, in the light, in the truth. So what is, the, what is it that's blocking the light? It's that idea of us as, as rugged individualists, that we're here uh, on our own, self-made people or not, and we're just, everybody has to do it on their own, and we, if somebody's got more power, they, it's usually because they've got more money, and you know, the moneyed people can get whatever they want by buying people. That idea is a corrupt idea. It has nothing to do with oneness, and it isn't the truth. We're not alone here. We are a mass of people who are one with each other. And, it's, and we are not alone, from the, uh, separate from the divine. The divine is in us and as us. As much as we empower ourselves to be the divine, we are the divine. As much as we believe that the divine is in us and empowering us, you know, even Jesus, who the evangelicals say was all about the law, and had these rigid laws that we were supposed to obey. He, he did not. That's not even the truth. Jesus broke the law over and over and over again and told the Pharisees and the Sadducees that he was going to break the law, and that's how it was going to be. And while he was doing that, he said, I can do nothing of my own initiative. Now, what does a statement like that mean coming from somebody who is the leader for the world? He's actually saying, I can do nothing of my own initiative? What does that mean? Well, he answers that question right after that. He says, but the Father. 
I can do nothing of my own initiative, but the Father does it. In other words, Jesus, who who uh, we now understand, most Christians understand to have been the Son of God, the Son of the Divine, was actually showing us how to be the divine beings we are. He said, I can do nothing of my own initiative. What he meant was that the spirit of the divine that is in me does the work through me. It's effortless for me. Just like the Zen Buddhists and the Hindus talk about effortless effort, Jesus was talking about effortless effort. He was saying, let it flow through you. Let the divine flow through you. And as you do that, what you're doing is you're, you're implementing the light. You're bringing about the light from the darkness. You're finding the light within you and shining it out of you because you are one with everyone and everything and the divine. And so that's, that's how we'll, we'll get through this spiritually. I mean, yes, we're going to have to change some laws and yes, we're going to have to have an honest president who doesn't lie to us. Yes, we're going to have to have an honest vice president who doesn't lie to us. Yes, we're going to have to implement rules and laws that uh, mean that we can't allow racism in our justice department. We, uh, we are going to have to have rules and laws that protect certain marginalized individuals, gay, bisexual, transgendered people. We're going to have to have laws that protect the brown people and the Asian people and the black people from discriminations of all sorts. Yes, but that will never be enough. We are going to have to change the human heart. And in order to do that, we've got to look at the suffering that has been out there. And that is what's happening right now. We are looking and we are seeing the suffering. Where millions of people are unemployed because of COVID-19, several, uh, over 180,000 people have died because of COVID-19 because it was poorly, um, there was no practice implemented that would be standard. These are the realities. People are unemployed. People are going to be evicted. These are the realities that we're having to look at now because of greed, because of corruption, because of people taking power where, they sh- shouldn't, where there should be a balance of power. That is why this is happening, and we can see it. And if we look, we see and if we see, we have to ask ourselves, what is the solution? And when we look at the solution, what we see is a spiritual solution. It says we have to learn to be oneness at the level of our hearts. We have to open our hearts to be oneness, to, be, to, to understand that we are one with everybody who's suffering out there. Nobody suffers alone. We are all suffering with them. And if, you, if, if lack of empathy is the standard, then we'll keep doing what we do. But if we want to change that standard, we have to begin to operate from oneness. And we're going to talk some more about that right after this break. Stay tuned for more. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Things Worth Considering Featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis 
is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free. 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about awakening from the darkness that is happening in the collective that is the United States. We are currently experiencing a dark night of the soul, a night so dark we fear we'll never awaken from it. But actually, we are awakening, and we are awakening to the shadow that has been here all along. And that's what we've been talking about today. That shadow has been here all along. The idea that is blocking, the solid object that is blocking the light that creates the shadow is the idea that we have to be a bunch of rugged individualists who make it on our own or don't make it at all. That each person should be ashamed if he can't make it on his own. That, that shame is the motivator because, uh, you know, you're, if you're a good enough person, if you measure up enough, you'll make it. You'll finally get rich. You'll have the American dream, right? The American dream is the rugged individual who ascends to the top of the heap gets more money than everybody else. And we, so we compete with each other and we strive to, to get what's ours and, and, we, and those people who can't do that or, or are forbidden to do that because of racism or other marginaliz- marginalization, those people are not allowed to get that because white privilege has it all. Those people are not allowed to have that because... Uh, Somebody else has all the power. Somebody else has all the money. That is the solid object that is blocking the light. And that's why we have a shadow. That philosophy of ourselves as a bunch of rugged individualists who either make it or don't, and the people who don't should be ashamed and the people who do should be glorified, that idea will have to go. That idea is going to have to be knocked down in order for us to succeed in a, in a way that helps the United States to literally survive. We can't say that each person has equal rights while denying each person their equal rights. We can't say that, that 
certain people should have more power than other people while we're saying that every person has equal rights. We can't say that money is power while we're also saying that each person has the right to pursue to the pursuit of his happiness. We, we, we're lying to ourselves, and we always have been. And that is the shadow of American consciousness. We always have been lying to ourselves. And so we need to say what we really mean. And what is really meant right now in the ethic that is, that is America, the American politic that's the most uh, powerful at this moment is I got the power and you don't, so shut up. I got the power and you don't, so shut up. I don't want the news to talk about you. I don't want to hear from you. I don't, I don't want black people to speak up. I don't want the news to start telling the facts. I don't want anybody to speak except me. I got the power. That's the ethic right now. And that is not an American value. Not the ones we wrote about when we started. That is the shadow of our consciousness that has always been there and that we can begin to, to erase from our consciousness. And once we remove that solid object, there's nothing blocking the light anymore and there is no more shadow. That's right. Once we remove that solid object, there is nothing blocking the light anymore. And so we have no more shadow. We have to remove that solid object. And what that means is we have to start thinking like one. We have to start thinking like we are all one with each other. Somebody said to me the other day, and I thought this was very wise, they said, I think the difference, the division between American, uh, the American public right now is between people who have empathy and people who don't. I think that was a pretty wise statement. I think that empathy is a, f- a function of oneness. Empathy says, I am one with you so I can feel what you're going through. I can intuit what you're thinking. I can understand you. Even if you're different from me, I can understand you because you're a human being and we have had similar experiences. Empathy does not deny difference. Empathy allows difference. But there's not much allowance for difference in the power ethic right now. If you're black, if you're brown, if you're Asian, if you're gay, if you're transgender, if you're bisexual, there's something wrong with you. And we, the white majority, who have the money and the power, we get to speak and you need to shut up. That's, that's what's going on right now. So when, we, when we're talking about exposing the shadow, that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing. We are exposing that shadow. It is in our faces. We can't miss it. And that is a part of waking up. Waking up means you have that in your face. You can't deny it anymore. You can't look around and say, oh, I have this wonderful nation that I live in where everybody loves each other and people have all equal rights and, and nobody suffers because of somebody's power over them. Can't say that. Not in this world right now. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen politically. I don't know whether there's going to be Medicare for all. It doesn't sound like it right now, but at least there'll be health care for all. No matter how you go about it, whether it's through, the, uh, through Obamacare or through Medicare for all, whatever you do, if everybody has this equal rights to health care, that is huge. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for everybody to be able to get health care. 
we don't want people to not be able to get their insulin or to have to ration their insulin. People with diabetes can die within three days if they don't have their insulin. That's not right. And yet, we have somebody now saying that they're going to shut down the post office so that people can't get their medical supplies through the mail anymore. And those people are suffering and having to, and and the cost of insulin is so outrageously high that they can't afford it. So they have to ration their insulin. This is not right. This is not oneness. This is not uh, America letting everyone have equal rights. If you have diabetes, you don't have equal rights. That's not right. And so we live in an America right now that is corrupt. And so it is our job as the American citizens, the we the people, to stand up and say, enough. Enough. We are not going to tolerate this anymore. We're not going to allow the government or the, or the uh, power ethic to take control and allow us to move further into the darkness of duality. No. We have seen the light. The light is right in front of our face. The truth cannot be missed. And we cannot, we cannot uh, tolerate the inappropriate, unethical, corrupt, abusive behaviors any longer. That's where we are. And that's the decision-making point. And the decision-making point is November the 3rd this year, where we will vote on what kind of nation we're going to be. And so the spirituality of oneness looks like this. I can meditate and I can experience my oneness with the divine. I, I feel myself connected to the divine in a deep way, in such a way that I cannot deny that the divine and I are one person, one and the same. Now, there are a lot of people out there who would say, that's blasphemy. They said that to Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus did not come here to be the one and only Son of God. He came here to show us all how to be sons of God. And so did Buddha, Krishna, lots of other, Muhammad, lots of other leaders, spiritual leaders of the world came to say the same thing. And if you look at the root language of their writings, you will find that that's what they came to say. They didn't come to say, I'm the one and only you're not. You and I are very different, and you can go to hell, but I can't. That's not what he came to say. He came to say, you can have this just like I have it. And he showed us how to do it by saying, I can do nothing of my own initiative. But the Father, but the Father does it through me. And so we have that example we can meditate and experience that, what he called the Father. Other people call it Brahman. Other people call it uh, the philosophy of oneness. Other people call it uh, Christ energy. Other people call it the Buddha nature. Whatever you call it, it's the same thing. It's our connection to the divine. And so when we're, when we're meditating and we're feeling that deep connection, we're feeling that sense of oneness with the divine, then we understand that we truly are one with the divine. We don't walk away from that meditation pounding our chest and saying, I'm better than you because I'm one with the divine and you're not. That oneness is humble. That oneness is sweet. 
That oneness is a deep, deep abiding peace that loves tremendously and empathizes with everyone else on the planet. So I can even see Mr. Trump as um, a damaged person who, whose insight is very, very limited to his own ego, who understands that he must have power in order to feel okay about life. That's a very sad state of affairs, and I'm sorry for him. On the other hand, we can't let his uh, lack of insight run our lives into the dirt. So that, that empathy says we are one with other people. It loves other people tremendously. And it understands that we are just a part of a, a, an ocean of people, a, a molecule in the ocean of people. We're not better than or worse than anyone else. And our worthiness does not come from whether or not we've achieved some standard of operation set out by some greedy, powerful person who said, you have to measure up to this standard or you're not good enough. That's not where our worthiness comes from. Our worthiness comes from the fact that we are human beings already created by the divine, in the divine image, and that's enough. That's it. That's enough by itself. We are worthy because we are here, period, end of subject. And that worthiness means that I have a voice and I can speak up. I can say my truth. I can be uh, truthful to you about what I see and what I hear. And maybe you don't agree, and that's okay. You don't have to agree. But I get to speak up because I have a voice and I'm a worthy person. And I won't be quieted because you tell me to shut up. So that oneness that we're talking about is the truth of who we are. The truth of who we are is that we are one with everyone and everything and the divine. The lie about who we are is that we are separate from everyone and everything and the divine. The lie about who we are is that we have to earn our worthiness. The truth of who we are is that we're already worthy. And there's great peace in that idea. But there's so many people who are measuring themselves by some standard that isn't even real. And that's the trouble. That's the shadow. We want to move into the light. We want to remove that philosophy that says we have to all be rugged individualists and either you make it or you don't. And the standard is you're a good guy if you can get rich and you're a bad guy if you don't. That's how we've lived. That's shadow material. That's not the truth of who we are. The truth of who we are is we are a nation of people who are one with each other, who care deeply about each other, and who want to be there for each other. And we can do that. We can make that happen. Our forefathers told us that that's who we are. That's the new definition of who we are. We weren't that other thing that came, that came from the aristocracy. We're this new thing. And now we are about, we are on the precipice of implementing that new thing for the first time in the history of America. We are about to implement the truth of who we are as a nation. Stay awake for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time 
4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week 